Welcome to the What She Said podcast. My name is Candace Sampson. I am currently in the middle of divorce proceedings, working towards my psychology degree, dating for the first time in 20 years, raising three teenage girls, a senior dog, and two guinea pigs. And in the middle of all this, I thought it would be a good time to buy the What She Said media property. What could possibly go wrong? I've been in the trenches with women across Canada for over a decade now, oversharing on the Yummy Mummy Club, Life in Pleasantville, and on all my social media pages, and I totally do it for the gram. And now I'm coming to you on the radio at 105.9 The Region and on this podcast. Apparently, I have a lot to say. So let's get rolling. I have known my next guest in the digital space for almost a decade now. I have watched her posts, read her articles, even read a book or two. And from afar, I have admired. But when she publicly shared that she went in and quit her job, and then a few weeks later regretted her decision and went back and asked for her job back, I just knew I had to meet her in person. Because I saw me in her when she posted that very public, very raw account of her breakdown. And it dawned on me. We're not talking about burnout enough. We're either sweeping it into the corners and hide it or wear it like a badge of honor. The reality is it's killing us and it's time to start talking about it publicly. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Rebecca Eckler and the first of many podcasts on what she said about burnout. Okay, welcome to the show, Rebecca. I am so excited to have you here, but I have to ask you something. Is this the first time we've actually met I think it's the first time we've met in person. Right. Like, I, we've been dancing around each other in, in the digital space for about a decade. I know I like you. I, yeah, I do too, right? <laughs> so that's so, why I see your stuff and I go, we're going to be best friends. Yeah. No, I immediately, <laughs> like, even as we were trying to set up this interview, we were going back and forth and it was fun. It was like entertainment for right. me. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I can't wait to have you on the show because... I you, did. I did net, Netflix for you. Oh, what did what did you stop just, watching? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> it was cheer, wasn't it? You let let me cheer. put it that way. Like, if I were to murder someone, I probably <laughs> would know how. Just based on all the oh those kind of shows that I like on Netflix. That's so funny. Do you know? I, I got to tell you a funny story. We went to uh, we went on a trip to Holland, and we were in this Airbnb. And they said, oh, yeah, turn on the TV. So we turn on, they had their Netflix account, and, you know, their history comes up. Oh. It was all murder shows. I know. And serial killer shows. I'm addicted to those. And I'm thinking, should we be worried staying in this house now? It's so funny. Can you tell a lot by a person by what they watch on Netflix? Well, all my friends do the same thing. We all now think we're, like, not only, like, criminal lawyers, we think we could, like, actually get, get away with get murder. Get away with murder. <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> so let me just preface this by saying I have no intention of murdering anyone. <laughs> yeah, you should put that on the record. <laughs> so the reason I wanted you here today, though, is because you shared something recently, very publicly, that really resonated with me. And you talked about how you had um, like a mental breakdown, essentially, mm-hmm. and walked in and quit your job. I think you did what many of us think about doing. We all have those fuck it, I'm done moments, but don't actually action it. You actioned it. 
I actioned it. Yes, I did action it. So in a sense, listen, I had a cushy job. I was the executive editor of SavvyMom.ca, which is a parenting resource site. I was in there a couple of days a week, but I was the executive editor. So the job itself was, you know, not brain surgery. Mm -hmm. It was about parenting. No one would die if I didn't post a picture of baby Archie, you know, but... Because it was in the digital space, I was always on my phone or computer looking at trends or I would just get sucked into reading so much. So even when I wasn't working, I was still working. Um, And yeah, between that, hammering out, you know, going through a divorce, uh, making sure my son was okay, um, in a new relationship, uh, and then work and coming off a book tour... I, 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 it was a a lot. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm more busy than any other mother or not, Mm -hmm. but I think everyone has their breaking point. And I hit my breaking point to the point that I go to this woman four times years for facials. They're not facials that you enjoy. They're actually facials. Like I was so stressed out. I was getting the stress pimples in my 40s, like (laughs) like along my jaw. And I just broke down. I literally broke down to the point I was hyperventilating to this woman. I see like three or four times a year at most. And I don't ever cry in public. And it wasn't even I was crying. I couldn't stop. I was hyperventilating. So much was going on in my life. And I thought, okay, I need something needs to give. Well, I can't give up my children. (laughs) So that, (laughs) that was, and yes, I am coming from a place of privilege but let me just explain this for a bit so um I recognize that most mothers can't just quit like that because Mm -hmm. they have children to feed and they want their kids to be have a nice life um so even though yes it looks like I live a privileged life and yes I have a nanny I still had a breakdown to the point that one night I thought just go to the hospital because you are going through something and it's not right. Something is wrong. I was rational enough to think maybe I should actually go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, anyway, so long story short, I wanted to make sure I talked to a therapist first. And it was so interesting because I said, I really am so unhappy. I'm so, so tired. I am so burnt out just from everyday life. He said, quit immediately. And I was shocked. I was like, Okay. Yeah. But then I had a, like, you know, I thought about it immediately, actually, after I left his office. And I said, I'm wondering why he said quit immediately. Like, would he say that to a burnt out mother who had three children Mm -hmm. with a deadbeat ex? Mm -hmm. Would he tell the same woman to quit? Mm -hmm. And his answer shocked me. His answer was, yes, I would. And the only reason is because it all comes down to the word support. So I have a very supportive boyfriend Mm -hmm. who, um, you know, I talked with him about possibly leaving just because I was so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But he was there at support, not monetarily, not monetarily Mm -hmm. at all, but just support, giving me the space, listening to me, helping me figure out what my next step would be. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine? I, I was at the point I literally walked in on a Monday morning where I usually have my knapsack with my laptop computer and Mm -hmm. all my notes and everything. And I just walked in and I said, this is my last day. And quite frankly, the the people in the office were shocked. 
Um, because there was, I never showed it. There was no lead up yeah, to like, that. There was no really, like, I wasn't like bawling at my desk. I wasn't talking really about my personal life to my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were shocked. Um, and I didn't have any plans looking back. Like, everyone was sh- shocked and I felt really, really good. And I booked a tri- trip to Mexico for a few days, a, a couple weeks. Um, I was sleeping in, I was meeting friends, and then I realized I'm feeling better mm-hmm. and I actually miss my job. Okay, now what does one do once they quit <laughs> a job impulsively and then they realize a few weeks later they're feeling better. They just I just needed a break. I needed right. to sleep in some days. I needed to, you know, also I'm a, I should add also I am a single mother. Mm-hmm. So on weekends I have both my children. I am exhausted by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much told them the truth. Like I told my immediate boss who obviously talked to another higher-up boss, but um, I said it, it turns out it didn't really have to do with the job or the people as I thought it was, like oh, consuming my life. I just needed a break. I was, and I, I can't even make this more simple. I was so, 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 so tired. Mm-hmm. And then once I had the sleep, once I finally caught up with the sleep, not just for one night, but for a good couple weeks every night going to bed at Mm -hmm. 10 actually like sleeping into like nine which is a huge sleep in for me because I used Mm -hmm. to get up at 5 30 in the Mm -hmm. morning I felt better so I walked I you know I saw her I I reached out to her my immediate boss um I would love to say her name but because I mean how anyway she I'm I'm actually about to tear up because she was so compassionate about I said I was it's just so important, out. though, with somebody. Yeah, to yeah. Have. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I am tearing up a bit because she was so supportive and she was so understanding. And not only was she understanding, we tweaked it a bit. We tweaked tweaked how I was going to work. So, for example, I will not work Mondays. I just can't work Mondays because after a weekend, again, as mm-hmm. a single mother with two kids, one's mm-hmm. a teenager, one's seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulled in all different directions with these kids. Right. Um, I just can't work on Mondays. I'm not productive. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. So mm-hmm. I do not go into the office on Mondays. Mondays is a no-go. Um, and I encourage... like. What I found so interesting is I was actually just candid. I was so truthful. I always said was, it turns out I was just burnt out. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave because of a person or the job. I left because I was like seriously burnt out, breaking down to a woman I don't know. So something I had to give. And again, it can't be my children. Right. It couldn't be my boyfriend. Like mm-hmm. I was, ha- I'm happy mm-hmm. with him, mm-hmm. and everything had to like fit in somehow. so when I read your when I read this story that's what so what stuck out to me was first off I think that you you did acknowledge and as you did in this podcast you said you know I'm, I'm coming at this from a place of privilege not everybody can do that and I think we we tend to apologize for ourselves which I don't think a we should have to do um, I do this a lot I say oh I'm a single mom I've got uh, two teenagers of my own I've taken in a third teenager uh, I have 24 7 custody um, I have a dog I have a job I you know like I 
I'm overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. And pulled in a lot of directions. Right. Yes. And I've had, I, so when I read your story, I was, oh, girl, can I relate to that on so many levels? But also, so can a lot of other women. And we're all, we're all going through this, right? We all have this massive struggle right now, I think. Um, you know, uh, whether it, you know, you're just a, a working mom, uh, you're married and a working mom, uh, not married and a working mom, uh, single and you're working. Oh, yeah. There's just a massive amount of stress. And I think the biggest part right now is sort of stepping back and recognizing um, when to get help and to not be embarrassed to get help. So, um, you know, my therapist uh, is, I, I adore her, but I think... I think everybody, when they're born, should be handed a, a, puppy, a puppy and a therapist. <laughs> Life would be so much better. Right. But therapy has been huge um, because I think it it puts that person, that one person, sort of in your corner with you to help you navigate such a stressful time of your life, right? Yeah. And I should also say, yes, sure, I'm coming from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. That being said, I've been working since I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm now in my mid-40s. I have not taken a break, not even after I had my babies. I think mm-hmm. I might have taken three months off mm-hmm. after my firstborn, but I was still working. So mm-hmm. I have been working nonstop, sometimes six days a week for 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. especially early on in my crew with the National Post when yep. we were working 24 hours, like seven days a week. Right. And my very first job is like a producer for, well, now Senator Pamela Wallen, Mm -hmm. we really were working 14-hour days, like five days a week because the show didn't air until Mm -hmm. night. So we were working from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night every day. So I didn't take a break. So, But someone early on told me, put a couple hundred dollars away in a bank. Like the Mm -hmm. bank will automatically take this couple hundred dollars a month and put it in an account that you just won't touch. So for to actually, and then I actually forgot that the bank even did it. So I did, I was putting, ever since I was 18, putting away a certain amount. It was Mm -hmm. a couple hundred dollars every month. Didn't even notice it. It Just the bank automatically put into a separate account. At one point I was like, okay, this is my boob job account, right? (laughs) Like, right? One day I'm going to need a boob job, right? So that so it was like my emergency fund. Emergency like, boob job. You know, <laughs> at first it was okay. It's an emergency if like my furnace breaks or my roof is late. But then it kind of became my boob job fund. <laughs> and then it actually became super helpful because I needed a mental health fund. So like I encourage I mothers really right like now, that, yeah. like even if you can put like $50 away a month, just do it because you don't know yeah. when your breaking point is. And I didn't even know when my breaking point was. It, it happened like this. You never know when you're going to have it. You know, I I learned, I, I you know, you're telling me the story about breaking down with um, uh, having a facial. I learned to ski when I was 44. And so I signed up for this group instructor lesson. And, you know, there's, there's six of us and we're out on the hill and I... I get out there and I'm completely panicked about this and all my anxiety of trying to learn to ski for years and years sort of caught up with me. And so this guy who's out there instructing six women ends up having almost becoming my personal therapist. And like those poor five other women did lost an instructor because <laughs> I need a free therapy. 
<laughs> I totally broke down on the hill. Like I'm talking the big snot bubbly, sobbing cry on the hill. I'm so scared. I'm going to die. But you hear that from a lot of women too. Like just like, right. especially in yoga classes or meditation, like people are breaking down. But what really resonated with me and it makes me super sad is there are so many people reach out to me. So many people private message me with their own struggles. They're mm -hmm. suffering from depression. They're suffering from anxiety. I mean, I feel I do feel blessed in some ways because they literally have no one to talk to. So they have no support. So I think if you know you you have a radio show, you have a podcast, YouTube. I have a platform. We should speak out. We should be advocating for those who can't advocate for themselves because I don't think a lot of women can or are you know a lot of people are calling me brave and I'm like really oh you think of me as brave I was just being honest right right so but I can see as I'm sure you can see many women would not want to go to their bosses and say I'm suffering from depression because immediately that boss's mind is going to be like right. they can't do their job exactly and at the end of the day everyone needs to make money mm -hmm. and but if you say, I'm feeling burnt out and you're still good at your job, I'm pretty positive your boss and you can work out some sort of compromise. Right. Whether maybe it's you work one day at home, mm -hmm. take a yoga class during the day, yeah. just even like a half day off, like mm -hmm. anything that will make your employee, if they're good, I agree, they mm -hmm. have to still be good at their job. Right. Um, um, easier on them. And I think there's something to be said too for that openly sharing our journey and our path. I think that we are caught up in this crazy social media world. You know, I mean, I'm Gen X, you're Gen X, right? You remember life before this, like sharing everything. I'm almost forgetting. That's how old <laughs> yeah, I am. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, but we, we had a life before we shared every moment of it on social media. And so I think that we look at these things and we go, oh, highlight reel, look at how awesome their life is. Right. And um, there's a lot of pain behind that perfect curated life you're seeing. Um, and so people, because people don't share those real moments, right, behind no. it. Well, actually, yes, many don't, but many have started to. And that's, I, I read good. their thing and I think, now that's brave of you because you're actually really getting into what is happening. Um, does it help them? I Maybe it does, like yeah. it, just to get it out. So and it's someone... scary to share because you're thinking, what are people going to think when I share this? Are they going to judge me? Um, okay, you know, like if yeah. people judge me because I was burnt out, they can go fuck themselves because <laughs> I was burnt out. Like I didn't no murder anyone. No. I, uh, you know, yeah. like my kids are safe and healthy. Like, yeah. fuck off. I was burnt out. Right. Right. But you're candid online all the time. And just, so just to kind of bring it back, like you recently were judged about uh, your love of your son. You oh, know? my gosh. Yeah. Like I could I was like, really? <laughs> you know, so like you 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 deal with a lot because you're so candid. You get that judgment. And so that I think that other women maybe see that and think, well, I'm you know, I'm afraid to share my story in case I get that story. This judgment. Was, but that was crazy. It was crazy. But so many people commented and saying the same thing happens with them. And it purely people. So just uh, some context. The story was people, someone reached out to me saying that I obviously love my daughter more than my son, purely based on the fact that I post more pictures on fake, 
I say fake book. Yeah, Facebook. On yeah. Facebook, <laughs> fake book, whatever yeah. you want to call it. I post more pictures of my daughter than I do of my son. Thus, I must love my daughter better. The only reason that there are more pictures of my daughter than my son is because my daughter loves getting her picture taken and my son hates it. I have right. to bribe him for 20 minutes to get a picture. That's the only reason, one and only reason. Mm-hmm. So like don't like try to analyze my life based on comparing pictures. Like that's yeah. That's nuts. That's nuts. It is crazy. So that's what I mean. So I think that, the, you know, we see all this and we're trying to make sense of it all on social media. You know, we see the you know, the highlight reels from people. We see people being judged for crazy, silly things like something, something like that. You know, people don't know the reasons why you share more pictures of your daughter or your son. And then they actually have the nerve to write you and judge you on that, which is crazy. And then you share something so raw about having a mental breakdown. So did you receive any judgment on that? Did you get anybody saying anything negative about that story? No. You know what? That's good. That's I good. could not believe it. Like, I am still shocked that someone didn't come down hard on me because I have a nanny. Someone didn't cut, come down hard on me because I, you know, whatever car I drive or whatever bag I'm carrying. Like, because even I know, I mean, anyone with common sense knows who cares? Like, Okay, you're wearing diamond earrings. That doesn't equal happiness. It might equal happiness for half a second, but no, overall, like, yeah. it affects everybody. But what amazed me the most was the number of people who shared their stories with me. And I don't know them personally, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, friends on Facebook I interact with. And the amount of people who just said they, they're depressed. They suffer from anxiety, and they know have no one to talk to. That mm-hmm. really like hurt me, um, and I especially feel bad for like working mothers who actually want to be stay at home mothers. Like personally, I have always been, you know, quote mm-hmm. an ambitious person. So, you know, I always wanted to work, but I do think of mothers that do want to stay home with their children, but they can't. And they are working two jobs. And they probably don't even have the resources to have a therapist like you or Mm -hmm. I, okay? Mm -hmm. So those are the people that I felt terrible with. If they're reaching out to me and telling me I don't have anyone to talk to, then I, I, I know it's not like I don't have to do it, but I do respond to them because I feel like, they're reaching out to me. They're, they they think of me as a, a, a friend, and I'm only too happy to listen to them then because sometimes that's all they need. They just need to know that they someone out there is thinking about them, caring about them, supporting them. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, it was pretty difficult just to, like, walk in and quit and then, like, <laughs> how embarrassing. Like, I found embarrassed sort of going back, but at the same time, I was like, the worst they can say is no. So do you think your boss was so... Um compassionate because she could relate you know she she probably had that I, I mean I've, I've seen her and the way she works and her work ambition I can't imagine that she isn't overworked not mm-hmm. I mean she loves her job but I also you know listen we run a parenting website mm-hmm. so a lot of our audience are mothers and I'm like an advocate, of course, for everybody with mental health, but especially mothers, because I think mothers are even too, like, can't even speak up to their partners and say, 
I'm overwhelmed. Can you just please like take over for like four days? Just mm-hmm. you take over. Are you aware? Are you familiar with the cartoon um, called The Mental Load by Emma? No, I'm not. Okay, so but I will look it up. You, yeah, it's a great, it's a great cartoon. So she did it. It went viral a few years ago, and it was uh, she did this um, this cartoon, and it was like you should have asked. And she talked about sort of the mental load, and you know, um, go about how you know something overflowed, and the husband gets upset with her, and and he says, "Why didn't you ask me? You know, you should have asked me." And she's like, "Why did I have to ask you?" To help, women have a right? women have a hard time asking for help though, don't you find? Like it's very, like some of my friends like like I know they need help for something, and I have to press it like on them. And even me, I had to learn to ask for help too, right? Because right. it's you don't want people pitying you, you don't want to seem like you can't handle things. But I needed help, and I got it. And I have suffered. I mean, I it's I was open about suffering from postpartum depression like 16 years ago, 15 years ago with my first book knocked up. And I'm still to this day getting messages saying that book just by me sharing that I was suffering from postpartum depression saved their lives. Right. They, Those are their words. I have saved their lives just by sharing mm-hmm. that I suffer from postpartum depression, which is a terrible thing to suffer through. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think that definitely needs to be stepped up on that level with postpartum depression because doctors, like even 16 years ago, it's not that long ago. Like, you know, I remember a doctor saying anything change in your life. I'm like, yeah, I just had a baby, like whatever it was, six, five weeks ago. They're like, mm. and they just pass it off as, as if it was nothing. Right. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but even I knew there's major stuff it, going on here. It had to do with this yeah. baby. It had it had to because before that it was good, mm-hmm. and now I'm crawl, crying uncontrollably right. for no reason. I will tell you this trick though, all women, mothers. If you want to see a doctor very quickly, if you're suffering from postpartum depression, walk in in your fucking pajamas, bawling your eyes out because no doctor wants that in their waiting room, and you will get taken. <laughs> that is my tip to you. And that's how I walked in. And you in. speak from experience. Because <laughs> I speak made. from experience. I was in my pajamas. I was in slippers, bawling my eyes out, and they took me right away because right. I was like hyperventilating tears. Yeah. Who wants to see that in a, in a waiting room? So, yeah. Right. So I think it's important for us to keep sharing these stories um, with each other as as a, a learning it's cathartic for us to share, but I think it's also for other women to listen and understand that they're not alone going through this. Because I think myself, you know, there's been, you know, we had we had a guest on um, uh, last week talking about her daughter had pandas, and uh, which is an autoimmune, mm, right? Yeah. And so, um, and she said that in the first three weeks, she just shut down, right, and didn't talk to anybody. It was isolating. And I think we tend to do that in a lot of circumstances in our life. We shut down and we don't. We or we close bottle pe- it up. Or bottle it up, and which then, is even and, worse. You know, it's if you, when you start bottling it up, you know it's going to explode, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what happened in my case. But yeah, I mean, even if someone like I, I don't know, you know, I obviously don't have five thousand friends, right? Mm-hmm. But there they are on my Facebook and. Even like just liking someone's post if they're having a hard day and just mm-hmm. a one word, an emoji heart, just let them know like someone is out there like 
who is hurting is yeah and from the other end someone is looking at you someone actually does care about you so that's but an important point to speak up but employers too have to also get used to this new normal of what i'm saying ordinary life and again it wasn't i didn't need a break from social media i didn't need a break from parenting i didn't need a break from my job it was ordinary everyday getting by life that i needed and i think to, employers are starting to recognize that because i know that recently i read something about i think it was manulife who's come out with this uh, a new mental health health initiative for their employ- employees. You know, so I think companies are starting to really get on board with that. Uh, Bell Let's Talk Day has really, you know, again, has sort of raised the level of conversation on mental health in and around it, making it less uncomfortable to discuss it. The, fu- but the funny thing is I didn't even know it was Bell Let's Talk Day when I posted that story. Oh, I, I didn't even realize no you posted it on that clue. day. No clue. Right. So, um, and I'm at, like on my phone all the time. So... Okay, Bell, let's talk. Like, up your game because I'm in the parenting website business and I didn't even know it was. It just was a, it was a coincidence that right. I had posted it on that day. That's so funny because I didn't even make the connection that yeah. you did. <laughs> but no, it's good. Like, that's a good talk. Let, let's talk. But why should it only be one day? Like, why right. are we? It's like saying, I'm only going to have the sex or drug talk with my children once. No, you're not just sitting down with them once. You are continually having this conversation, right? right? And so I reach think, out to someone you haven't talked to in a while. How are you doing? That's it. It's so it's so easy. We all think we're so busy and mm-hmm. we're so and that we were were irreplaceable. Well, guess what? We we all know. Well, I believe that everyone should know you are replaceable. Like everyone is replaceable. So don't you know, t- take that on too much. Right. Don't like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm. I. I. I would. I mean, my employers were amazing. Right. I don't think most employers would be as generous, right, as mine were. And I hope they follow s- suit. Mm-hmm. And at least, if someone's being honest to you, how can you not take that seriously? Right. Like it's not like lying. Like someone. Uh, you know, like a kid, like the dog ate my homework. No, Mm -hmm. this is serious. I'm Mm -hmm. just telling you, I love my job. I need a break. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean a day break. I need like even like two or three weeks, okay? Mm -hmm. No one is going to, well, unless you are a doctor, no one is actually going to die (laughs) if you don't, you know, Right. If things and I, fall behind. I just want to circle back to about what you said on social media because I know that you do this a lot. I've noticed you you're, you comment and like and 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 reach out to just about everybody. I mean, I and you have a lot of people <laughs> on your page, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's important because I think a lot of times we see people in pain um, on our social media and we skip over them because it makes us uncomfortable. Right. We're in the moment where we're uncomfortable with that. We don't I don't know if I want to be involved in this, but that's the time to reach out. And like you said, to drop a a note, uh, recognition, send them a message, Um, because those are the moments when people probably need you the most. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I don't I'll see someone post something and obviously they've been through something and I don't even know the backstory of it. Right. Like I'd probably have to scroll down their wall. But I just immediately reach out and say, I don't know the backstory, mm-hmm. but um, it seems like you're in a lot of pain. Um, like, I'm here if you want to yeah. talk. Um, and then, actually, it does go back and forth. They People are people ask me so many personal questions. Like, do you, not, not mm-hmm. who cares? Therapy, whatever. That's like yeah. nothing. That's like, yeah. you know, past the salt. But, um, you know, what meds I've been on. Right. Uh, 
have I tried cannabis for depression? Have I done this? Like, have, you do this. And the thing is, I know what depression feels like. I know what anxiety feel like. This was different. This mm-hmm. was burnout. This was maybe a mixture of all of that. Right, right. But I couldn't say I was depressed, depressed. I still could get out of bed. I still went to work. So I wasn't depressed. I wasn't having panic attacks except for that breakdown time. So at my anxious, I'm an anxious person by nature. So is my anxiety level high? Yeah, it's always high. Okay, that's, that's, that's who I am. So it wasn't that. Like I said, ordinary life these days Mm -hmm. because our bosses or our colleagues were constantly working because of the internet. Like I have friends whose bosses send them emails at four o'clock in the morning or at 10 o'clock at night. And what do you do? Like, do you ignore your boss's email at yes. 10 o'clock at night? Yes, you do. <laughs> four o'clock in the morning? Like, yes, yes you do. You do, you, yes. We can say that, but yeah. to the person who needs that job mm-hmm. and is saying, oh my God, like, I have to respond to this. Like, you know, in that way, I think the mm-hmm. technology um, has ruined things. In fact, we should all make a blanket statement. No work emails unless it's life or death. Yep. So I've, I've, started, to, I've started to schedule when I send my email. Like, I'll write my emails on the weekend because it's my time. But I will schedule them not to go out until Monday. Um, and you know, that's that's smart. Actually, I should do that. And if I don't want to, uh, you know, if I don't want to be working, um, then I will put away everything physically and I have every notification shut off on my phone, right down to text because I want to. Can you teach me how to do that? Because my phone is binging like 8,000 times a day and I don't know where they're coming from. (laughs) It was the biggest stress reliever to get rid of all of that because now I go to my phone when I want to, not when my phone demands I do. I love that. And that, that's a huge thing, right? So that's a but so it's about managing technology. But don't you also feel you have to have your phone on because you have kids too? Like I mean Oh, that's that's a whole other podcast, seriously. I know, but that's why I also always have to have my phone on. They, but, but I think I think our kids have too much like too much like my kids will text me and go, Mom? Question mark. Mom? Question mark. <laughs> Mom. And oh, I'll go. Oh, you don't I'll, respond. I'll, I'll pick up my phone in fifteen. Uh, you know, fifteen minutes. I might have ten moms there. Oh, you gotta oh. switch it around because I text my daughter <laughs> from her bedroom. I'll be in my bedroom. She's across the hall. I'll be like, "Go bring me those carrot sticks and hummus up." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Go downstairs and bring me a snack, girl." <laughs> oh, I hate. I hate when my kids text me in the house. I'm like, "I'm in the oh, house I love it. with you." <laughs> I actually love it. I am not moving. I am texting my daughter. I'm like, "Remember, I gained seventy pounds with you." <laughs> Everyone, like, you know, people judge me on that, too. But I'm joking. Like, I'm, you know, of course. course. You have a very close relationship with your daughter. Yeah. Well, single mother, right? Yeah. You you spend a lot more, uh, I think, quantity time. I mean, sorry, quality time than quantity. And so I think, too, and just so before we wrap this up, I also want to bring this back to our daughters, because I think ultimately this conversation we're having today is important because we're setting an example for our daughters to know that they have to put their mental health first, right? That they have to recognize when it's time to talk to somebody. Uh, Absolutely. And I'm not going to get into too much um, about my daughter, but she has been on meds and mm-hmm. she needs to be on meds. But I will tell, I will say this. She also used to go to overnight camp. And she told me that the lineup at night of 
kids her age, like, and mm-hmm. that was between, let's say she went and started to go to like 11 to 15. The lineup at night to the nurse for the nurse to hand out medications yeah. was like so long. Like it mm-hmm. would have been around the block, all down Young Street. Mm-hmm. So actually kids now are speaking out about that. They're not, in fact, I just met, a, a, a teenage boy last week who told his mother that he needs to see someone mm-hmm. because he was feeling depressed and anxious. But yes, um, I am so worried about my daughter growing up in this age because mm-hmm. we don't even know, like we have nothing to base this on. This, mm-hmm. Our lives, our ordinary lives that we're having breakdowns in while also dealing with new technology mm-hmm. and new types of bullying and new types of worries like it's a lot but teens like I would say to mothers be honest with your teens too because I am honest like with my kids I, I I might not say like I'm just so tired today mm-hmm. but I will say like I have a headache I need to go rest for a bit right so I do tell them the truth and my daughter's a bit older she's 16 and, and I do tell her the truth I'm feeling depressed today I've mm-hmm. had a long day and because they need to know too. I don't think it's something you, you need to hi- hide. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think you're doing maybe a disservice to your family if you're not being truthful and upfront. Like, right. I, well, is model. my belief is yeah. my is my belief. We that, have to model you parent your kids the way you want to parent your kids. Mm-hmm. Obvious, obviously, but I any teenagers these days, I would straight out ask. How are you feeling? Talk to me for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. I just want to know three things. Like, are you overwhelmed with school? Is there any way I can help you make your life easier? Because I look at my daughter and I'm how much homework she does and and all the extracurricular activities she needs to do. And I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But I am driving her to those places. Right. Although the Uber bill has gone up a ton. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's 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 that's it. You know, it's not only your daughter doing that. You've increased your workload because you're taking them all over the place. You know, that that's I my daughter has a job, so I get her to work. And sometimes I say, I didn't get a job here. Why am I doing this? Well, that's my time, too. When she's at a thing, I'm outside working on my phone or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or but um, I just think everybody has to be honest because like. Who cares? Like, at the end of the day, who is going to really judge you for being blunt and candid that you need a break? Who cares? And you're helping somebody. Like, yeah. You are. When you're being honest and you're like this on social media, there you are always helping at least one person, but probably more with your honesty and your candor. And you continue Mm -hmm. to do so in your books and in your writings. Well, because people don't, they don't, they're not, they, they don't feel comfortable speaking up. Right. So... Okay, I'll speak up. I'll share my story with you because here I am, probably, you know, 98th percentile of privilege, and I completely would give everything up to feel mentally healthy. Like, sort of, the higher beings. I would give everything up to for my mental health. Right. And my children's mental health, for that matter, because they are growing up in an age where everything is group chats that turn Mm -hmm. into a different kind of bullying. They're on their computers all the time. They're watching such inappropriate YouTube videos. And quite frankly, I'm like one of those mothers. I call myself like sometimes, okay, I'm a good enough mother today. Like good enough? Like, okay, yes, I think you're watching something totally inappropriate because I'm hearing swear words. Oh, and you just ordered, you're seven years old and you just Amazon 
primed yourself something by my computer? Are you kidding me? Right. Like, but this is the age we're growing up in. We don't have anything to base it on, right? Right. right. So we're us parents of kids are learning a new life along with our kids. Like, it's a different lifestyle than our parents grew up in. That is for, for sure. So I'm going to have you back another time because we obviously have a lot to talk well, about. Well, I'm going to take you over drinks because I like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a new BFF. So I want to wrap this up, though, because I want to know, I want to, where can we send people to read uh, what you're writing, where you continue to be honest? Is Savvy Mom, right? Yeah, it's um, SavvyMom.ca. Okay. Um, I also post it on my personal Facebook, uh, Rebecca Eckler. Um, and you have a new book out? I had a new book uh, that just came out called Blissfully Blended Bullshit about <laughs> blending families and then, unfortunately, unblending families, which is uh, actually harder than blending families. Um, yeah, and that's my latest. So. Awesome. But yes, you can find the parenting-type relationship stories on SavvyMom.ca. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Sarah Burke, and I host the Women in Media podcast, where I'm exploring the challenges women face in the media spotlight and celebrating our triumphs. My guests come from radio, TV, news, and sports, and we'll cover topics like leadership, diversity, stereotypes, and more. Most of all, I'm looking to build a community through a space where we can discuss anything. The Women in Media podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womeninmedia.ca. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.